This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. On this episode, we have a guest host, Christina. She is a tattoo artist who owns Gold Wing Tattoo in Bluffington, South Carolina. Um, I've been lucky enough to get tattooed from her. Some of you have seen the cardinal tattoo on my arm. She did that for me, and it's super awesome. Christina, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and hosting with me tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And our guest tonight is Yvette. She has some super cool information to share with the audience and a perspective that we haven't heard a lot from, which I'm excited to share. Yvette, thank you for coming on the podcast as well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, Christina, I would love to kind of introduce you to our audience. I feel like I've gotten to know you by sitting and getting tattooed by you for hours and hours. Um, But... (laughs) You shared with me a story about a supernatural experience that took place in your hometown. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. um, So I'm from a pretty small town in Pennsylvania, and this person was like family to me. I had babysat him growing up Um, at this point in time. I think he was around seven or eight, I want to say. He had an older sister who at the time, she was like, I want to say 15 or 16. And then their younger sister, Cameron, um, she was around, I want to say five or six. So he's right in the middle of them. And he just would, he started acting very weird, um, just out of nowhere. He was a very like happy child. He was so nice to everybody. You know, he was always like super happy in a good mood all the time. Um, so he randomly just one day just wasn't really the same happy kid. Um, He wasn't really like sleeping very well. He kept telling his mom he was seeing things in his room and hearing things talk to him. And his mom's like, oh, you know, I don't really believe that. So that's weird. You know, you're just dreaming, you know, like kind of just pushing it off. Um, But I was like, it's like super weird. You know, I was like, he's just not acting normal. So random things would happen. Like um, he would just like not want to sleep in his room. He would fall asleep in the living room. And if his dad carried him upstairs, he would immediately wake up when he passed like the threshold to the room and just like scream that he did not want to stay in the room. Um, So he was just like freaking out about that stuff. He always wanted to go to a friend's house. So he didn't stay in the house. Um, So it was just really weird. And then his mom said one day, because he he was very annoyed that no one else could see anything or hear anything that he was. So he was very frustrated about it. And he was like, I just don't understand how you can't see it. And they're driving home at this point and they're coming around the corner to their house and he sees whatever he's talking about, the, the thing, the creature, the, I don't know what it was, the entity. Um, he sees it in the backyard and he was like, it's right there. How can you not see that? And his mom was just like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. So she's like, walk me back to where you're, you're seeing this. So she, he walks 
her back to the backyard and he like it's right in front of you and so she takes a picture she's like can you see it in the picture and he was like yes like and he starts like crying because he's like I don't understand why I can't see it you know like he was very annoying um so his older sister had admitted that her and her friends had decided to play with the Ouija board and they thought it was just all fun and games and I just told her like it's you know it's it is real so she needs to like take it seriously and get rid of the Ouija board and she did about a month later and her brother never had that experience like nothing ever happened again so her the the mom she's she's convinced something was in the house because she saw one time uh just something out of the corner of her eye she thought like she was just seeing stuff but she really had like a, a fright one night and I was living there at the time and they called me and they were saying like something's up in the house like they, they just were all kind of freaked out and when I walked in the house it felt like like something was off you know like it was just very freaky you know, like I just got goosebumps when I walked in the house and I was like you know what's going on so random stuff happened but it was just all towards the, the sun so it was very hmm. very weird and how old is he now um he's 15, 16, he's 16. Okay. And he yeah. as as far as you know, he hasn't had any experiences since then. No, no, but he won't talk about it mm -hmm. because I brought it up to him one time and he just kind of like, was like, I don't like to talk about it. And that was it. You know, like he didn't oh. really. Yeah. 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 That's, mm -hmm. that's interesting. We have heard a lot of stories involving Ouija boards or just different methods of people trying to reach out to spirits and, um, okay you know, not taking certain precautions or what have you, and then having negative experiences, which kind of leads me to our guest, Yvette, that is not a negative experience, but she is a <laughs> medium. So that when you hear a story like that, you as a medium, you as somebody who is sensitive, as somebody who has researched the supernatural, do you put a lot of stock into Ouija boards? Or do you feel like that's more happenstance? Or what has, you know, your experiences brought you to believe in those kind of um, dealings with the supernatural? A Ouija board is a thousand percent a way to like open a portal to the other side. The problem with the Ouija board is like there are so many other more sophisticated ways to communicate with the dead that is essentially you opening the door and being like, hey, does anybody want to come through? And that's dangerous, like super dangerous. It's something that I actually did when I was younger. I went to this like haunted ass place with my friend <laughs> and it was her idea and we did it and something did come through the whole little thingy started moving. And after that, I did experience like an uptick in things and like depression. And when I had a reading from an elder much later on in life, they brought it up to me. They were like, oh, did you play with a Ouija board when you were in high school? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. one time I did and it's not a positive experience generally because we aren't taking proper precautions to uh, cleanse ground and protect ourselves first and then when you're done there's no like real way to close it off mm. so like you're just leaving a door open but yeah it's just not a good idea I don't recommend anybody play with a Ouija board well, I, I think I probably know the answer to this question, but we do always like to ask our guests where they fall on what we call the believometer. Zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts, and ten ghosts are absolutely real or spirits are absolutely real. Where do you fall on that event? A hundred. A hundred. Okay. <laughs> and Christina, where do you fall on that scale? Would you say? I would 
would say like a nine because I know they're real, but I haven't personally like seen it with my own eyes. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, I know they're real. You know, I just want that one last thing. Impression. Sure. And and it sounds like you're kind of sensitive in the way that like you walked into that home, you had kind of a bad vibe that something was going on. Yeah. I've gotten those like vibes before, like something bad happens and I just kind of have like a gut feeling about things. Like being intuitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just one of those gut feelings. So the way I saw a vet, she came up on my For You page on TikTok talking about an event. You're going to have to help me because I'm going to mispronounce this. Because in my mind, I thought it was Bruja. But can you pronounce it the way that it's supposed to be pronounced, please? Oh, Bruja is right. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I, you got I, it. <laughs> okay. I thought I was saying it wrong. Um, I also have a cold, so just bear with me. But so <laughs> I, uh, we had, we've had maybe one or two other people vaguely talk about that on our podcast with, with their experiences. Typically it was like, oh, I have a relative who practiced um, this when I was a child or something along those lines. Can you tell us what um, has spoken to you within that world and what you've discovered? Because I mean, you say that you're, you know, like a journalist who who has researched that, and then you yourself are a medium who has experienced things. How did all that kind of come into your life? Well, I wouldn't say that as a journalist, I've researched like the paranormal, per se. I'm just a journalist that also happens to be a bruja. Got you. Okay. <laughs> but my research has really come from my experiences with my elders and I got into that because my aunt was into it and she kind of brought me in when I was having a tough time. I really started like learning and kind of seeing things and knowing things when I was a kid. I think my first experience that I really clearly remember was when I was 7 years old. And I had a rabbit that like, I really loved. His name was Bunchkin. He was like, I was obsessed (laughs) with this rabbit. And we had this closed off backyard. We had just moved out from LA, from Hollywood. So like, we were like, we have a yard. And we used to let him run around in the backyard, but we would still go back to Hollywood to like visit friends and family, to go to church on the weekends. So that morning, I remember letting him out and something really loudly said to me, if you let him out, he's going to die. And I was like, (gasps) you know, like, what was that? Like, I can't believe that. Like, no, like, you know, like all the things that your parents tell you, like, no, that's just your imagination. That's not real. Da da da. So I was like, no, like, that's not real. And like the whole time I was in church, I was like sweating. I was like, oh my God, like, what if, what if, what if, what if? And then I get home and my rabbit's dead. Mm. And and so do you feel like that voice that spoke to you was that like your mind's eye intuition from like a spiritual level speaking to you? Or what do you think that was? Um, it's my ancestors and my spirit guides. Okay. Wow. Um, I have a pretty strong communication with them. Um, back then I didn't know how to interpret it. It's literally sometimes only a split second. And part of my job is being able to like stretch that second out and look at it because when things happen to us, it's literally so quickly sometimes that we are able to convince ourselves that it didn't happen. And it's not about like, I hear a lot of my clients, they'll be like, well, I just want to see, well, I just want to feel, well, I just want to hear. And I'm like, we all see and hear and perceive things differently. You're not necessarily going to like see an apparition. And quite frankly, like that shit is terrifying. (laughs) Like, I don't know why people want to see that. Like me (laughs) 
still to this day, when I see something, I get freaked the fuck out because it's scary. And I prefer to, I perceive in a lot of different ways. And that's, that brings up an interesting point because Christina's not alone in saying that like, you know, she would like something definitive to kind of confirm what she feels or, or just to have that experience. So that do you believe that most, if not all people have the ability to interpret those kind of things? Is that what you're saying? Um, some more than others. I know some people who like, you could take them to a haunted place, they won't feel a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I so some people like me who go to a haunted place, and like, I will have like a full on like, either like a breakdown, or I just start feeling really shaky, or I start getting a, a ton, a ton of messages. And I like all that. So Raven, which is me just going like, you know, yeah, for sure, <laughs> like, I, give it a that so Raven. Everybody has some type of connection to the, I don't even call it supernatural because it's the world that we live in. Like mm-hmm. we live superimposed on different dimensions or whatever it is that you want to call it. And the dead are here all the time with us. Christina, have you ever, um, because you interact with so many different people all the time and in, in like a pretty intimate space tattooing, do you ever get certain feelings or vibes or intuitiveness while you're kind of um. handling people? I do whenever people have uh, high anxiety, I'll get anxious. And then if I ask them if they're nervous or anything, most of the time they're like super, they're like, yes, I'm like really nervous. So if they're super nervous, I can, I I get very like anxious and I can feel like it's a, it's a weird anxiety spike and it doesn't happen Mm -hmm. that often. So when it does, I'm always like, you know, like, you know, did you eat before this? Like, how are you feeling today? You know what I mean? I normally try and ask and every time it's like, oh, I'm really nervous. You know, you can just see it on them. You can feel it. It's just, that's the most um, that I get from people is the, the nervous, like I can, I can tell dealing with people in a situation where they may be experiencing pain um, all the time you probably have the intuitive side of you has probably learned how to read them um, I would imagine well that I saw on your TikTok you were talking about or maybe it was your Instagram where people may be experiencing bruja not know it and you listed some signs of like you know you may be experiencing this or 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 part of it if these things are happening can you kind of walk us through that that's particularly like signs and symptoms of like brujeria. So like if someone were to like decide to like take an action against you with the supernatural, a lot of those signs and symptoms are the same as like, you know, depression or mental health issues. So I always get clients who are trying to figure out what's going on with them. So I say rule it out because I've experienced and dealt with a lot of people who were mediums just like me, but had been institutionalized because they said like, I'm hearing voices, right? Like (laughs) I hear people talking to me. Like when I was really coming into my own, I was Googling all the time. Like, am I schizophrenic? Like what's wrong with me? Um, And there's definitely people who are, and there's definitely people who can have both. Like we have to allow for multiple things to be true at the same time. So calling somebody like a bruja, which is calling them a witch essentially in Spanish, Mm. it is kind of like, it was a negative term for a really long time. So like the community has sort of like taken it back where it's kind of almost like in jest that we're like, yeah, we're brujas, da, da, da. Um, But like brujeria is essentially like witchcraft done against you. Um, And so like some of the various signs and symptoms of that can be like sudden onset depression, um, nightmares, teeth clenching, uh, 
jaw clenching, smelling something burning randomly, waking up at 3 a.m. Usually nightmares is really the way that people can tell. It kind of just drains you. Like something will not be right. People, I've known, I mean, I know people who have literally died from somebody doing things to them. And it can cause a whole bunch of other issues because it really does impact your physical health. How do you get rid of it? You know what I mean? Are you just like, that's it? (laughs) You can get Olympia, which is like something, a service that I provide, which is like cleansing you with herbs, with rum, with tobacco. Um, That's kind of like the traditional way that uh, people in my religious background do it. And there's also, I mean, there's also like lots of different ways in other different cultures. You can also do like, I don't know, clean somebody with an animal. Like it kind of depends on what you got. Right. So, um, but there's always a way to deal with it. As long as we're living, there's like a solution to the problem. Some can be more difficult than others, depending on what was done. Like for instance, I've dealt with people who had voodoo done to them and that is nothing to mess with. Like that's just on another level of like strength. Um, There's like a lot of different types of things that people can do, but like if somebody knows what they're doing, like they can really mess up your life. You had mentioned that you, you see physical apparitions. Can you tell us about some of those events you've had? It happens pretty often. Um, But usually it's like more of like a story in my head. But I think the last time was probably, Um, I was doing a reading for somebody and before I do the reading, I pray for them. I call their spirit guides and stuff. And they just had a lot of people who really wanted to talk to them. So I just like saw people out of like the corner of my eye and I went, "Ah!" and I don't know, it's nothing, it's not like dramatic. (laughs) Like, I feel like when people talk about the supernatural, like they make everything so dramatic. Like, do we know? Do we not know? It's like, bro, you don't even have to take it that far. Just literally tap into your own ancestors. They're there already. Like they're with you. And speaking of like that uh, dramatization that takes place, have you had situations where you've had to help people ward off? Maybe it's ancestors that were affecting them in a negative way. Or is it always positive you you found? No, there's definitely, we have to look at ancestors in terms of like also who they were when they were living. Um, I had a client who was doing the most for this uncle that was, that had passed maybe like a year ago or something. Um, and she was doing the most for him and praying to him all the time and keeping him close. And I was like, the more that she told me, the more I started getting from my spirit guides, like what this man was about and the types of things that he did in his lifetime. And I was like, bro, that man wasn't even nice to you. Like he was not actually not even good for your family. He actually did a lot of really mean things. I'm like, why do you choose to keep that spirit so close to you? And she was like, oh, well, I don't know. And it's like, because we have this really erroneous concept that when people die, they become angels or something. And all of the bad things that they did are just suddenly gone. And they're going to be like helpful to us. And like, or they're going to like ascend and be, I don't know, like all these stories that we really tell ourselves that are kind of Mm far-fetched. And Yeah. So some ancestors are definitely not helpful. I don't like to look at things as like good and evil. Cause again, that's like so dramatic, Mm -hmm. like good and evil. Like we all exist in this middle ground. 
Um, so I look at things as whether or not they're useful or helpful. Like if this spirit's energy is uh, draining to you or it's not positive for you, then let's tell him to, let's create a boundary. Like tell him to kick rocks or tell him that he can only come to you in certain areas. Like we are the living and we have all the power. And I feel like the media and like this, all this paranormal shit that people are really into gives so much power to that. And it's really like, not that way. Like, mm -hmm. yes, you can go to certain places and like, there's certain things that are like, like you can't redeem them, right? Like I had to go to a house that a client bought. I told her not to buy it. Um, she bought the house. The house has been a hospital. It's been a school. It was a church. It was a, it was like a million different things. And so many people had died in that place. So many people had experienced pain or trauma in that place. Like I, she brought me in there to see if we can move it out. And I was like, you're going to be the one that has to move out because this is their house. And there's places all over the US that are like that, like places where there have been battles, places where there have been massacres, places where there have been lynchings, places where there have been just like abject violence against people. And me here living in Southern California in like mission territory, um, I remember when I first moved here, I used to see the spirits of, I mean, I still see them, the spirits of natives all the time. And I'm not exactly sure what this land was used for, but like they're here. Um, I think one of the videos that you might have seen was about me going to the mission in Riverside, yeah, which I was just about was, to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a, a boarding house. It was a native boarding house before it was mm. converted. Like they do. I don't know what all kinds of stuff they've done. So many people were in my comments like, that's not the full story. I'm like, I never said it was a full story. I literally made this off the top of my head uh, and it blew up. I didn't know it was going to like, sorry about it. You can make it yourself if you really know that much about it. Yeah, thanks TikTok. Um, yeah, thanks TikTok. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your wild grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus. 
during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Um, and there's like a historical society um, in Riverside that I was looking into because I got really curious and they have a, like an itemized list of where there have been massacres. Like there's a place off the 15 freeway where, uh, like army soldiers had passed out uh, smallpox blankets to the natives and they all Mm. died. So it's like those places carry heavy energy. And I think that, as a people, especially in the U S like we need to remember that history. We need to like honor the dead and we need to have places of like remembrance for them because Mm -hmm. otherwise we're just going to keep having this shit. Like the other day, like I made that video because I wasn't even at the mission Inn. I was like around the block and I was in a parking garage and we go down to the parking garage. We're going to go get some food And all of a sudden I realized I'm like, I'm standing in a cemetery. I'm standing where people have died. I'm like, I can feel them. And I could feel like the, the sadness and like the pain. And I was just like, oh my God. And it's like, it's so overwhelming in some places. Um, And I just didn't, I just didn't know what to do. I was like, this is not what I planned for. You know, I avoid, (laughs) I avoid going to cemeteries and burial grounds and places where terrible things have happened. Um, so I had to like deal with that real quick and then kind of like try to shake it off. And like, when I'm really sensitive, like when I go through something like that, I can't really shake it off. It, like pretty much ruined my night. <laughs> Do you <laughs> like, um, want to go home? Have you had to learn because we've heard this phrase uh, from mediums talking about kind of building up their wall to mm-hmm. try to 
protect themselves to a certain degree because it can get a little overwhelming? Is that something you try to practice as well? Yes. Um, it's actually, I actually teach a course on that for people because it's such a necessary thing. Um, we call it spiritual hygiene, which is cleansing, grounding, and protection work, and also includes uh, things like transmutation, which is basically just letting the energy out into something else. Um, and that's something that I've had to get good at. But in that situation, I hadn't even prepared. I didn't know yeah. that I was going to find that. And it just it's kind of yeah, when those things kind of hit me, like I am protected because I do have my divinations and I do have like my, um, I've had like ceremonies, like I've done things to strengthen my spirit guides, like I've had all of those things done, but it can still like really affect you. Yeah. Um, and so something that I do is like before I go places, I like, well, imagine either like a light here or I'll like look at a candle and I'll just like say aloud, like I'm protected. Nothing's going to harm me. Nothing's going to, you know, mess with my energy. Nothing's going to follow me home. I don't allow anything to compromise me, like just really stating what it is. And that's really powerful and helpful, especially when you have like your guides like in a row and you know what's up. Well, I'm curious, Christina, I know that you were in Savannah, Georgia for a long time, which is like one of the most alleged haunted places in the world. I'm just curious what it's like to live there. Did did you feel like that part of Savannah, the the spiritual side, the supernatural, did it ever feel like an over a little overwhelming or did it feel kind of like hokey and touristy to you? I mean, it is pretty touristy because of how much they have going on downtown around, you know, everything. So you have so many different ghost tours and I mean, you have like the pub crawls. So like, it's very touristy, but there are parts that are more, um, more like uh, creepy in a, in a different way. You know what I mean? You just get like, it's just spooky, you know, in certain parts, um, especially if you, go, if you walk around at night, like you can really just, cause it's, you know, it's, less people are out so you're it's not as like crowded you know and i guess it's like kind of the belief there because i've been to savannah a handful of times is it because of the old history that was left standing as opposed to much of the south especially georgia that was um, burned down during the civil war is that kind of where so much of that lore and and spirituality comes from yeah. And I mean, they do talk a lot because I did a couple of the ghost tours just to like, they do tell you a lot of history and stuff. Um, but uh, they did go over like voodoo and voodooism. Um, I don't know if you read the book, Midnight in the Garden of Evil. Yeah. It, yeah. is, it is like talked about there, yeah. you know, but yeah, they go also go over just like uh, random things that have happened in the buildings down there that are still standing and stuff. Mm -hmm. So you do get a lot of like that history because it's still there, you know, it's not. And what kind of made me curious is because Yvette was talking about, I guess I'll call it the marketability of the supernatural, kind of how it is marketed to us, those of us who are interested or, or find it, you know, fascinating. For me, it's the kind of idea of like what happens when we die is kind of what brought me into wanting to interview people about their experiences. So Yvette, I'm curious, you know, with with places like Savannah and California certainly has a lot of places as well. How does somebody know if they're going into something and it's a genuine experience or if they're just kind of 
being taken advantage of because they are interested in the supernatural or spirits or, you know, however you want to classify that? I'm not really sure. I've not really like done any of those things. Um, I don't recommend that people do those things Mm -hmm. simply because I feel like this is my personal opinion. Like people were really trying to get me to visit a plantation when I was in New Orleans. And I was like, why on earth would I want to do that? Why would I want to go to a place where such horrible things have happened? Why would I want to like experience it at the expense of the memory of these people who lost their lives? Like, it's just kind of a strange concept to me. And I think that me personally, like with my beliefs and the way that I've like lived my life, like the dead are not something to play with or to mess with, they're to be revered. And, you know, some of the things in those places are going to follow you home. Right. Like some of the things in those places are going to negatively affect you. Um, And the comments of the videos that I've posted are like hundreds and hundreds of people who've said things like, oh, I fell into depression after going on a ghost tour. Mm-hmm. Or I had some crazy experiences after and it really affected me for like months or I'm barely pulling myself up out of this. So like a spiritually sensitive person, I would not recommend to do something like that. I feel like it's pretty reckless. Um, and for people who aren't, I would just say like, why? Like, what is your purpose for doing this? Like, I guess if we, and that really goes into like the, what we're talking about, like the commercialization of it and the like sensationalization of it, because it's not like a, like an experience. It's just, it's life. Like those are people's ancestors. Yeah. And, and that kind of brings me to, and, and we'll kind of wrap up, but I, so something we hear, you know, obviously a ton of people have a ton of different opinions on the supernatural or spirits or even religion. I guess my question is like, do you think that what we perceive as ghosts, a lot of times is it like residual energy from things that have taken place like in a location? Or is it truly somebody trying to reach out to us from the beyond? Or are those kind of the same thing? They don't have to necessarily be an either or situation. I think the second one, it's not really an either or situation. Okay. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just continues on in a different form. So if we've had like an extreme amount of energy exerted in a certain area via genocide, that's going to leave a scar and it leaves a scar on the earth. Like the land doesn't forget. And like, we know this. Um, I had a client who was in Virginia, I believe, and she was living on a plot of land where there had been several Native American massacres and was trying to get the land. I don't know what the the term is like to have a historical society, like come down and like make it so that nobody could live there or do anything on that land. And my suggestion to her was to create some type of a, like a shrine or an altar or something for those spirits. They're not necessarily always like reaching out to us, but like if a spirit sees that like I can see them, they're going to try to come up to me. 
Sure. Um, but I'm at a point in my spiritual life where I kind of have like an entourage that kind of like block anybody from coming near me. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I had to work really hard to like get and to put in order because like my own family members and spirits and things like that were also kind of messed up and jumbled because of colonization, mm -hmm. because of like, you know, the diasporas that exist because we've like lost our um, our history because of, you know, the various things that have happened in our world. Yeah. Like places where things have happened, carry energy. And we just have to like, I feel like we just kind of need to accept that this is like death is a part of life. Right. Like it's not, it's not like the beginning of something else. It's the continuation of what we're already doing here. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. That's really well put. Well, as we kind of wrap up, how can our fans reach out to you if they want to maybe book you for a reading or follow along with all the um, really cool content you're putting out online? They can follow me on TikTok at It's Yvette Actually. I'm on Instagram as Yvette Actually and Twitter as Yvette Actually. My website is bradybrujita.com. I also have a workshop that I teach on spiritual hygiene, it's just like the most basic stuff that people can learn to take care of themselves because we like brush our teeth every day. We brush our hair, we take showers, but we don't take care of our energy. And um, we're always absorbing. So it's like another necessary thing that's kind of been lost through the ages. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and Christina, if people want to reach out and book you for a tattoo when you have openings, how can they follow along with everything you have going on? Um, I So Instagram is Goldwing Tattoo and I post everything on there. And then Facebook, it's also Goldwing Tattoo. And then if you don't have social media, the website is goldwingtattoo.com. So very, very easy. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Even if you're just interested in tattoos, like check out her work. The way I found Christina is somebody from yeah. Reddit had posted in the tattoo subreddit, a tattoo they had gotten from her. It went viral. And I was like, where is this person from? And I realized they were in Georgia and not too far. And she's amazing. Um, super cool experience. Yvette, you're amazing. Thank you for sharing this perspective with us. I think it's a voice that needs to be heard more throughout the supernatural community, if you want to call it that. And don't be a stranger. We'd love to hear more of what you have going on. And hopefully we can get you both back on the podcast another time. That would be great. Thanks so much for having me. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.